Greetings and welcome to the first ever episode of Content That Moves, a new podcast that will highlight the very best in brand storytelling through feature films, original web series, podcasts, even interactive digital experiences, really anything that showcases a brand's purpose and mission through the first person narratives of real people. We want to shine a light to uncover the best practices and give a behind the scenes look at all the strategy, creative, and distribution that will help you on your journey to do the same for your brand. Today we're chatting with Angela Matusik, the head of brand journalism, how cool is that, from HP Inc, also known as Hewlett Packard, who, with the help of a filmmaking team who are also with us today, have created an original documentary series which uncovers stories that remind us of the power of the printed photograph. The film series premiered to rave reviews at the Sundance Film Festival's Brand Storytelling Summit, and they've since released the first film, At First Sight, on Valentine's Day, and are already experiencing a powerful lift in brand presence and sentiment as it's being shared and reshared across a number of popular websites. Thanks so much for chatting with us today. Um, I'd love it if you could just start by briefly introducing each of yourselves. Uh, I'm Tom Mason. I'm one of the directors of the History of Memory Shorts. I'm Angela Matusik. I'm the head of brand journalism at HP Inc. Hey, I'm Sarah Klein, also one of the directors of the History of Memory Project. Awesome. We're so happy to be chatting with you today. Um, I have to say we all met at the Brand Storytelling Summit at Sundance Film Festival, and everyone was just blown away by the films that you brought to share. They were not many dry eyes in the room um, that I saw, lots of tears, which is an especially rare thing with branded content. So bravo to you all on bringing that. Thank you. you. Tears were one of our goals. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely succeeded there. Um, Before we get into the meat of the conversation, I have to say, um, Angela, your position as head of brand journalism, I think is one of the coolest titles of all time. And I haven't seen it many other places. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about, is that a new position or in a little bit about what your role entails there? Yeah, I mean, I have to say that um, the title head of brand journalism is not something that I created myself. I literally stepped into this role that was designed by um, our chief communications officer, Karen Kahn. So she had this vision of what brand journalism would mean for HP. And at first I was hesitant and I thought, oh, I don't know, that sounds so narrow or don't we need the word content in the title? But now that I've been doing it and, and really clearly identifying this channel that we're playing in, it makes perfect sense. And so I like to say that brand journalism is about creating content marketing that is at its core, nonfiction and journalistic based. So even though we're telling stories that often may have HP at the heart of them or may be born out of um, writing or discovering some of the things that HP is doing as a company, we still apply very strict journalistic qualities to them. We hire writers, we have more than one source. We always have sources that are outside of HP. We fact checked. We believe in facts. These things are very important. Um, And so, and within that purview of brand journalism falls documentary films. And so that was something that I was always really excited about when when I stepped into this role. That's awesome. And I, I think you can really feel the difference between, you know, content that's developed with more of a traditional sales and marketing approach versus a more journalistic approach. And it's certainly shown through in these films. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to start just by hearing about 
if you could tell us about the genesis of the whole history of memory campaign, how it all got started and how you ended up uh, getting to a point where you're producing these films. Um, again, when I first joined HP, which was about 18 months ago, one of the things that most excited me about working at HP was this connection they have to our analog life. Yes, it's an incredibly high-tech company, but they also make printers. And as uh, someone who comes from print, as a journalist, my husband is a photographer, it just really spoke to me, this idea of the importance of print in our lives. And so very, very early on, I started thinking about trying to create some content and stories around photography and the power that photography has in our lives as printed objects. Um, and even before I worked at HP, I was in touch with both Sarah and Tom at Red Glass Pictures. Um, I had seen their work and really admired it and knew that if the opportunity arose for us to work together, I would leap at it. Very cool. So you had that in mind from the beginning. And I have to ask, you know, when you were first pitching this even internally, were there, you know, certain um, brand purpose or brand promise or values or, or any key messaging that you knew you would need to tell through this this campaign idea? Yes. I, I mean, of course, there's always a brand purpose. And something that we talk about a lot is the importance of print relevance. Um, you know, I think people sometimes dismiss it to casually, oh, we live in the digital age. You know, I mean, we've all heard people talk about photography or magazines or the disappearance of print. But at the end of the day, we all know in our hearts that isn't true. If there's a fire in your house, you're going to grab things that are printed and take them outside of the house with your loved ones. Um, and so this idea of print relevancy and the importance of that feeling of touch is very core to one of the brand purposes at HP. And so you already knew some amazing filmmakers, which is great for someone who wants to make a film series. I'm curious, as you were looking to get buy-in in the organization at HP, um, how did you go about getting approval to begin such an amazing and, and progressive storytelling campaign like this? Can you talk a little bit about that process? Sure. Well, thank. first of all, thank you so much for your enthusiasm on it. It's so kind to hear you saying such uh, wonderful praise about our film. And I hope um, people listening have a chance to see the films as well. Um, I, honestly, we didn't really follow the rules or any uh, corporate protocols on this project. And I think there are advantages and disadvantages about doing things this way. Um, part of the reason we went in the non traditional way of pitching this idea was that I was new to a brand. I came out of media. Um, I worked at Time Inc. and Condé Nast, um, leading big editorial teams my whole career and was just accustomed to when I had a good idea, I pitched it to the boss to see how it would fly. And it was really just that attitude that allowed us to collaborate first on the idea, and then secondly, to just go ahead and go straight to the top. And we pitched them a couple of ideas um, and around photography, and we all consensually agreed that this was the one that really spoke to us because of its sincerity and the idea of really telling stories about real people. That's great. And so you all sort of formulated, I mean, it sounds like the concept was really already very much drawn out and you had 
very specific ideas for how you wanted to achieve it. When you were in that pitching process, do you have any, you know, I can imagine there are a lot of marketers out there that would love to do something like this. And they're thinking about how do I take it to the C-suite or an executive and get that um, approval that we need. Are there any tips that you have for those that are in a similar position? Like, oh, we've got this great idea and we really want to make it happen, but we need to pitch it in the best possible way. Any tips for going about that? I think one of the most important things we did before doing the pitch is we did research. So we didn't walk in with broad strokes, but we actually had gone ahead and done research and they had suggested specific people and storylines from the very beginning, and some of which are in the final product. The, you know, the way it went is, um, you know, Angela had this amazing concept idea, and then we kind of went back. We hunkered down as a group and started pulling out story ideas over time and slowly forming these um, this treatment that, you know, we designed and we found, you know, we actually really went as far as to, to call some of the the people that we were thinking about doing stories about. Like we were already in some ways booking them just to make sure we weren't pitching, you know, false hope. <laughs> and so we were, you know, we went as far in story development as you would go for um, a, a television series that you were trying to develop or, or pitch to, to Netflix. I mean, it was that far along. Um, you know, we also just really used our taste um, meter and, you know, went for stories that we wanted to hear. So we were really not thinking, you know, what what are the executives going to like? I mean, and that was so cool with Angela is that she said, like, let's go with the best stories. Let's find stories that, like, make us feel. And then, you know, and then the, the support will come. <laughs> um, so we did. And that, you know, that's the road we started in. And, and the, the pitch, you know, was was really full of these like very rich um, formed stories that we felt super strongly about. And they were easy to pitch. It, it's amazing that you you really did your casting work before you even pitched, it sounds like, which is great to go in, to be able to go in and say, look, we have these amazing stories. They're they're on board. We can bring them to life. Um, can you talk a little bit more about, you know, working directly with filmmakers, I'm sure you had to think a lot more about what is your distribution plan for these films. And I'm wondering if you can touch on what point in the process did you did you know where you wanted to, these films to live and how you would get people to see them? Um, and and then what you ultimately did. I know you launched the first um, At First Sight on Valentine's Day, which is beautiful, but I'm curious how early that came about and what your distribution plan has been to this date. Well, and um, I will say that distribution is definitely a hard nut to crack, and I'm sure other brands understand this. You know, because we're creating a hybrid type of enter of entertainment in a way. It's a it's a film that's a little bit longer than some social media platforms are accustomed to, but it's not long enough to um, go on a streaming media service like Amazon or Netflix necessarily. Um, so you have to be nimble to be able to um, to adapt to different uh, lengths for different venues and different mediums and platforms. So that's one thing that is very important. We always knew that these were films that were meant to be seen um, on social and most likely most people would be viewing them on their phones. Um, but that doesn't mean that we we are actually currently um, looking to debut all of the four to five films pieced together as like a 20 
minute featurette that we would debut at a festival sometime soon. And I've seen this with other brand projects as well, that you can have a piece of work that you can slice to distribute and reach your audience in where they are. And I think that's very important. Um, so the other th aspect of it is looking at seasonality. And so, yes, we did release our first film um, at first sight right before Valentine's Day because we were capitalizing on it, the fact that it's a love story. And we spent um, a little bit of money and we pushed it out on social media um, and we had some great results, especially when we did compare them to some other more product-driven traditional content marketing. I have to say ours reached a lot more eyeballs with a lot less money spent because of organic distribution. These films are meant to have a long life. And I think you have to be able to measure them over a long period of time to see their true worth. That sounds like a fantastic strategy. And you said one word I'd love to key into, measuring them. And I'm curious what sort of metrics you have in place with you know your team at HP when you'd go back and say, hey, look, this film got amazing traction spending less money than, like you said, on the, the product-focused pieces of content. How are you measuring success? And then what's your plan to you know, ultimately make a case once these are released to go like back and say, hey, we should really make some more of these? Right. I, the, the, these are the questions I think about all of the time. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we do look at, at, I would say, standard metrics that anybody releasing uh, video work looks at. So it would be um, clicks to view, uh, clicks from, you know, short trailers through to the full video. We look at time spent on the video. But I would say that uh, completion views and time spent are really important, especially as we think about the... Um, format of these videos, because a lot of people are naysayers and they don't think that five minute videos are a good idea. They're like, it needs to be a minute long. So part of what we're going to be doing is looking at the difference, comparing a five minute video to a one minute video and seeing which performs better. And that sort of um, engagement factor shares out time spent. We also are working with a, um, a really great vendor called Notch, um, which is a plugin on our uh, digital magazine site, The Garage, which allows us to not only measure the analytics, but also sentiment rating. You know, we're asking a poll question. Um, did this story make you want to print your own photographs? You know, something that direct, that sort of sentiment poll idea of um, have you changed mindsets? to um, engagement. And then ultimately, I think we'll probably work with maybe a social platform and try to see if we can get like a brand lift or a recognition number as well. Another aspect of brand journalism that I think people should consider um, at other companies and why, you know, why is it valuable is we use these um, films a lot internally. And you can't discount the importance of that internal communication and messaging as well. That's so true, and we, we, we find that often, too. It, oftentimes, content that's made for an external audience obviously is going to have a great reach internally, too, and, and connecting employees to the brand purpose is just as or more important, right? So that's a great point. I'm glad you bring that up. Um, and I have to say, I honestly, you know, after seeing these films, I was thinking about it. One of the big powerful pieces of this is, like, you never say, like, you need to go buy printers. It's just presenting these stories, and then I, as the viewer, go, like, 
wow, you know, I haven't printed any of my photos in a really long time. They all live digitally. And so I found myself coming home and I'm like, I've got a two-year-old son and, and I haven't printed out any of these photos. They all live on my computer. So you definitely stirred something in, in me as the viewer and I'm sure it's having that effect on everybody that sees it. So again, um, beautiful work. And I can tell you, we'll, we'll all be anxiously awaiting the release of the remaining films. Um, thanks again for chatting and thanks again for being a leader in this space. I think it's an exciting time for storytellers and, and journalists and brand marketers to all be working together in fun new ways like this. So we'll be watching your campaign and, and um, we hope to stay in touch. Thank you so much for having us. This Thank is you. Yeah, thanks so much. To view the History of Memory film series, go to HP's The Garage at garage.ext.hp.com. Again, it's garage.ext.hp.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll be back for episode two when we'll chat with Paola Matala, the head of content and media at REI, about how they built an amazing content program for the outdoor retailer.